Can you name two Green Lanterns? Uh, John Stewart and Hal Jordan. Okay. Oh, those are the two that were there. Those are the two. Those are the name, two. Name a third. Uh, Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I have nothing to add, Kyle. Well, I'm going to talk about eco-terrorism. Got too excited about jorts. I'm leaving now with my Roomba or your blood on my hands. I'm back. Back on my bullshit. What is meme if not airhorn persevering? No, this is this is not a family show. And I quote, many American titties. Why'd you have to bring Dane Cook to this, Andrew? No one wanted that. Oh, you guys are not ready for what I've got today. And I've apparently hit the very end of my attention span. Give me like 30 seconds. I'm looking for rhymes. Hello, and welcome to Debate This, the show where no one is right, but someone is definitely wrong. In this show, we take time out of our busy adult lives to talk about comic books, video games, and how Discovery Inc. merging with Warner Brothers somehow means HBO is going to get worse. And that the word <laughs> genre dumb was introduced to the internet? The yeah. opposite of fandom being genre dumb? Excuse oh. me, the, excuse me, I will not... <laughs> stand for the slander against the 90 day fiance universe that's the thing well, like discovery plus is one of my favorite apps i'm mad about the other side it's, it's well, very you're not strange. supposed to matt you're not supposed to watch discovery you're a boy yeah you're i know channel hbo yeah like what the fuck man i yeah. monopoly's bad always but this monopoly extra bad it's monopoly plus old white men it's the yeah, that's it's the awesome worst of because things. Because gender isn't supposed to do this specific thing, it comes up in the story of our flavor in the like the production history of our flavor text today in an equally okay. dumb way. Um, what a good segue! What a good yeah. segue! So, as I've hinted, this week's episode is a flavor text and is brought to you by a longtime patron of the show, Doctor Garlic Butter. Um, I have long expressed my love for the DC animated canon. Uh, starting with the DC Animated Universe, um, the original Teen Titans cartoon, or the rich library of DC Animated feature-length movies. However, there's one series in there that flies under the radar when this topic comes up. That is the Cartoon, the network, cartoon Network series Young Justice. Um, as I have, um, as I have said, this episode is was um, brought to us by Dr. Garlic Butter, who. Um, paid his way into getting to commission a flavor text by being our top, a top level patron of debate this for three more months. If you would like to commission your own flavor text, um, please go to our Patreon at debate this cast dot Patreon or patreon.com slash debate this cast and, um, join the, is it master debater level at $25 a month. And after your third month, you will be invited to commission your own flavor text as well. Um, that's the Patreon pitch, and I think smooth hope smooth like garlic, butter. smooth like garlic butter. <laughs> All right. As usual, I can't do this deep dive alone, though. So today I am joined by Matt, feeling the aster, Cole, Todd, extremely chalant, Thomas, and Andrew, stay whelmed, Henderson. I get I've one. felt an aster or two in my day. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it, Todd, it takes me a couple drink, drinks to become extremely chalant yeah, when I get there. Yeah. Um, so before we dive in, friends, what do you know of the animated series Young Justice? 
and if if failing to answer that question satisfactorily what do you know of like the the deep dc comics lore can can i go first pass <laughs> <laughs> all right i'm gonna go first so i know a little bit about this series i had said right before we started recording i did watch a couple episodes in preparation for this flavor text um i loosely knew of some of the main characters just being somewhat aware of their justice league counterparts sure um i'm also kind of a big fan of the whole junior version of major superheroes i didn't know that i liked this genre (laughs) until i watched a a marvel animated series about the young avengers and i was like this is fun and then i watched some of this today i'm like oh that's right this is a thing about me so this has awakened something inside of me this content is made for me as long as it doesn't go the way of of when the uh, Teen Titans did their rebranding of their different animation style, then I am on board. Great. Andrew Andrew has opted um, out of answering much, the question. Much like much like this, the alcohol content in this can of Athletic Brewing's Hazy <laughs> IPA, the answer is none. <laughs> Great. Um, I know that the Justice League exists, and by the way that people age i assumed the justice league was young at one point i'm not gonna lie to you today when we sat down to record this i learned that young justice was animated i did not know that there was a young justice series um however i did assume that the justice league were not always middle-aged also my favorite version of a kid's version of an adult show is a pup named Scooby-Doo. Matt, you, you moved like further and further away, off, further and further off base the more you talked through your understanding of this, which is just, just amazing. Yeah, it's uh, certainly on brand. <laughs> yeah. I'll also add that out of our nicknames, the only one I know is the Stay Whelmed, and that is a bit from... Early on, Robin is like, why doesn't anyone just stay whelmed? You can be overwhelmed. Yeah. <laughs> you can be underwhelmed. I just want to stay whelmed. I just want to be whelmed. Um, okay. So the the quick the quick summary, and we'll get into a longer summary later. Um, Young Justice is not aged down members of the Justice League, but it is it's not a, the Muppet Babies of Justice not, League. <laughs> it is not the Muppet Babies or a pup named Scooby-Doo of the Justice League. It is um, a team of essentially like sidekicks to the justice plucky teens plucky teens so it's they are plucky teens um it's robin kid flash aqualad um sounds like younger versions of justice league to me (laughs) (laughs) well it's it is not because the justice league like Mm -hmm. bat batman aquaman superman all exist as characters in this universe as well gotcha no it's young captain america it's different yeah yeah so it's the side it's the the team of sidekicks um isn't that no i'm being super serious like that's what the teen titans are right yes okay okay this is this is this is just like another faction this is a young a different a different continuity from the teen titans show that we that you all know and love um but similar similar premise awesome um so the we'll kind of I'll kind of do a a production background. I'll run you through some of the main characters of the show and then we'll break and when we come back from the break I'll go through a 
more in-depth synopsis of uh, season one and a quick rundown of the following three seasons after that. Um, sound good? Cool. Yeah, I'm super excited for this. Good. Yeah. All right. So, Young Justice released a one, its one-hour premiere in November of 2010 on Cartoon Network. Cartoon Network at the time, kind of following the success of Avatar The Last Airbender on Nickelodeon, was seeking to capture more of a teen audience with their animated programming to separate themselves from Nickelodeon and Disney, their kind of two closest competitors in that space. Um, In a push that kicked off with shows like Adventure Time, Chowder, and later uh, Steven Universe, all kind of spun out of this desire of Cartoon Network to uh, capture the teen market, so to speak. Um, In stoners. And and stoners yeah. <laughs> uh shows that while enjoyable for younger kids were more aimed at, at at older kids and teenagers by having more complex plot lines um longer running plot lines more mature or advanced jokes and aged up cast an aged up cast um young justice was an attempt to fill the hole left by another popular cartoon network dc animated show teen titans while keeping it its identity separate from the popular serial and again aiming a little higher in its storytelling and audience than teen titans did um that's kind of wild because i feel like teen titans aimed pretty high age it did, yeah. tw- it did toward the yeah. end and um young justice learned a lot of good lessons from those like later seasons of teen titans but mm-hmm. teen titans also still had the occasional episode where like a silly british man came in and, and made everything a goofy TV show. Like Yeah, Beast, yeah. Beast Boy keeps turning into animals every time he sneezes. Like, yeah, that's a, yeah, that's, yeah for know. sure. Okay. No one says booyah once an episode in this in this series. <laughs> Differences well, like I, that. I would say that's a negative, not a positive. <laughs> they they lived in a big T. They lived in a giant T. There's no giant T-shaped buildings in this. A bit more subtle this show, in this one. It? Yes. Yeah. Um where where did I stop here? All right. Um, while c- critically very well received, Young Justice struggled for three years to find an audience as its first season came out. Um, it was it se- season one aired between um, what November of 2010 and like the end of 2012. These episodes aired. Um, the incredibly serialized nature of the story made it hard for co- casual fans to follow this like very long release schedule because um, it was 26 episodes over the two years. Um, this was compounded by the fact that Young Justice was not given the love that, say, Avatar The Last Airbender was over on Nickelodeon, which was given regular like blocks of marathon programming to like keep viewers interested in Avatar while sure. that production... like stretched out um yeah it's and not a show you can watch like one episode every other week on it's reruns. not a yeah. it's not a spongebob or a fairly yeah. odd parents where like you can pop in you get the yeah. idea and if you like miss four episodes or forget what happened in them you're not going to be lost when you jump back into the new ones um so young justice was left to its own devices in between its like long episode delays they had the occasional like marathon here and there but nothing like nickelodeon where like if i don't know if you guys watched t 
TV in the summer when Avatar was sure on. Sure did, Kyle. Oh, but I like, sure did. Once a week, there would be just five hours of Avatar on right. Nickelodeon. Cartoon yeah. Network didn't do that nearly as much. Um, however, the show had a small but mighty dedicated fan base and was re- reviewed very fav- favorably by critics, um, especially at the time. I think at the time of the recording, each episode in season one has an 8.5 or higher rating on IMDb, wow. oh, most damn. of them hovering around a nine. Um, it's it's a good show, guys. Um, so with with the, the de- dedicated fan base and the critical acclaim, Cartoon Network greenlit a second season, Young Justice Invasion, and changed the production schedule so that the entire second season would air in the standard like TV time frame. This one came out um, like April of 12 to May of 13, I think. And it was shortened to 20 episodes so that they could keep on that schedule. Um, season two, while still w- well-reviewed, couldn't find the audience was look- it was looking for, and it was announced that it would be canceled in 2013, along with Green Lantern, the animated series, and Tower Prep, which I don't um, know much about Tower Prep, but I think it was created by Kevin Smith or <sighs> associated with Kevin Smith in some way. Sure. It's another like superhero esque show. So sure. 2013, this is around the time that you you Kyle have cited before, like the the ever the ever famous like superhero glut of yes. of, of the mid tens. Yes. Um, well, go ahead. It's, it's a bummer to well, it's a bummer to hear that, but it makes sense. Um, I don't know if any of you three watched Green Lantern the animated series. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's able to be streamed on a platform. I don't know which one. I think one. It, it's HBO Max because it's HBO WB. Max now. I, I streamed it prior to that being a thing, but um, it was good. It was yeah. a good series that like followed the redemption of a Red Lantern. Yeah, and oh. it just suddenly like it was setting up things to move, and then just up, up done. Um, so all three of these shows were pretty critically well acclaimed. Uh, Cartoon Network canceled. Stated the reason for their canceling was that because these shows tried to like garner a female audience who Cartoon Network wasn't trying to chase because they quote, don't buy toys. Genres. Um, Genres, Kyle. So that was that was their excuse at the time in 2013. Um, it came out later it, through interviews that um, what actually led to these shows being canceled was like, the toys did not sell well. They had a, they each show had a merchandising deal with Mattel those toys did not sell well and were a significant part of like where their budget came from was the success of the toy sales. So like, thanks women. So when, (laughs) so when Mattel canceled (laughs) their toys, (laughs) um, when Mattel canceled the toy lines, the shows got canceled as well. Um, sad day. What a a wild thought. I mean, I guess it's not unbelievable, but what a wild thought that like the success of your show lives and dies off of the toys that you sell not even the toys you sell the toys you allow another company to license from you and sell like they didn't even make their own toys to try and like right chase the audience they were after it is pretty common yeah it's all very common at least um maybe maybe for younger maybe that's the problem it's like there it's a bunch of like old boardroom execs comparing cartoon 
to children, but if you're looking at a cartoon that is not mm-hmm. aimed for a child and you're looking for a cartoon that you're aiming a, a cartoon for a teenager audience or an older they, audience, they don't buy toys, dog. No, they ah. should have been and marketing I, these into, into vape pens and pogs. And I will and say like... Teens would have bought them. I will say point. like other shows at this time in this like trying to capture the teen audience did successfully merchandise. Like there's Adventure Time merch everywhere right there was steven universe merch everywhere rick and morty is now more merchant merchandise than than show but not toys but not toys it hot topic hot yep a quarter of a wallet hot topic is gonna be all those things kyle just said um so that that was the ultimate downfall was like they went for toys when they should have gone for like merch i guess whatever it's dumb um however in 2016, Young Justice became available to stream on Netflix, and the show saw a boost in viewership, found new fans um, who were all distressed to learn that the show had been canceled already. Um, after season <laughs> after season two did a pretty good job setting up a third season. Classic. Um, and so a campaign for Netflix to pick up the new episodes of the series began. And this was around the time Netflix was doing the like, hey, you love this old show? Arrested Development, Gilmore Girls. Yeah, it was around the same time as all that. So fans were like, hey, Netflix is just green lighting shows. Maybe they'll they'll green light ours. Um, However, in 2017, it was announced that season three was in fact happening as exclusive content for DC Universe, a DC Comics branded streaming service, which was later okay. merged with HBO Max. Boy, um, I remember the hot minute when that right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I think we talked. We uh, I don't know if we talked about it, but someone I know in a circle. Maybe we talked about it about like. I had said, where do you stream these DC things? And one of you three, like, oh, yeah, the DC Universe app. Yeah. And I was like, that's not shit. I'm going to wager thing. that was Kyle. <laughs> it was me. Um, it it was touted. It, it was held up for a while as being the only place you could stream the Batman animated series, the, like, 1992 mm-hmm. very good Batman okay. animated series. Yeah. It had the... Um, it's other flagship shows of it. I think is wh- this is where Doom Patrol also started doom patrol also Hmm. began as exclusive content for dc universe yeah and um the the super edgy uh rated mature for mature for mature kids uh titans show a live action titans show was also exclusive dc universe uh content i I think that the harley quinn show also started on dc universe yes um, Man, I constantly nice forget the Titans happened. Yeah, yeah, that's what DC wants you to do. Um, <laughs> so uh, season three aired on DC Universe. Season four was released more recently on HBO Max. And season five is currently in development. So this show is has not been canceled a second time, has not ended a second time. Oh, it is still, okay. still wow. going, um, releasing in these kind of now... I believe they do the the whole season at once type release for these. Cool. It's like a six year a six year lapse between yeah. two and three. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Um so this show has has now found its audience. It's found a production schedule that works for it and is is running. So this um I am not I will not be diving through all four current seasons of the show because it's still coming out. So go watch it and and 
tell DC that keep making new episodes of this. Um, so the strength of the show, um, it hinges on, on the soup, you know, the superhero action and adventure is part of it, but the strength of the show comes from the, the characters and the interactions. This is a show made, f um, for teens. So it's got a little bit of teen soap built into the story structure as well, okay. but not in a way that makes you go, Oh boy, this is really for teens. It's actually like a pretty good, like comic character interactions. It, it it's, it's very good. I like the characters a lot in this. Um, so we'll go through the, the team as they call themselves, uh, the, the, it is not team young justice. It's not the teen Titans. They just are referred to as the team throughout the whole run of the show. Um, and we'll get through and we'll go through some of the villains, which includes a very colorful cast of like paste pot Pete level DC villains um, reimagined re to make them less paste pot Petey. Um, <laughs> so the team um, at its core consists of Dick Grayson, uh, Robin. Um, it's it's Robin. The, the boy wonder Batman sidekick. It's a Robin. It's a Robin. Oh, Kyle, I, here's, real here's quick. the first question of the night. Okay, yes. go ahead, Andrew. So walk me through, give me a tight 30 on DC continuity, how Robin is leader of the Teen Titans and also in Young Justice. How does that how does that line up in the continuity? Or is it or is it like uh is it like the timelines in Back to the Future too? There's one timeline where he's running Young Justice and another timeline where this is more of a um of a like earth 616 versus earth 833 scenario okay. so okay. young justice um exists in a and i don't know the number of it but their own version of like an alternate earth mm -hmm. um this is in a a universe a, an alternate universe that has been shown in the comics but was okay. deliberately chosen here because like it wasn't used much. It gave them a lot of room to play and let them and basically were like, yeah, we want to do like our own continuity. That's going to mirror the real continuity a lot of the time, but like not have to worry about stupid things like timeline, like where things fall on a timeline or who's done what in the past. Like it Got lets it. them. So they, it follows a pretty standard DC continuity, but all kind of squished together to make sense so that all these characters exist all at the same time. Where, like, in the comics, they existed over a 30-year span. Um, okay. so, yeah. Um, so we've got Robin, Dick Grayson. Um, I'm going to put all, I'm gonna put the whole team into, uh, like, DC, or not DC, D&D &D party comp roles as well. Mm -hmm. Robin's cool. the rogue. Um he he's incredibly intelligent he relies on his like acrobats and and ability to like dodge and and swerve to skill to fight tank. skill tank There's he's skill the skill mill. tank um he's very tech savvy think like the early 2010s idea of a hacker i'm um, in he says i'm in a lot <laughs> he says yeah. he says i'm in so he's so he's constantly often. got an ipad out like he's, touching the, he's, the tech thing he's got a wrist mounted like tony stark hologram ipad he's got gadgets galore um he he's robin um he's very quick-witted he does the spider-man thing of frustrating the enemy with his smart mouth while they battle 
Um, he is one of the young, I think he's the youngest member initially on the team. Um, I want everyone to know who's listening that every time Kyle says the team, I'm going to this dramatic air quotes. I'm going to keep doing it. <laughs> um, and what, and was considered for like the leadership role of the team before um, it was like, Hey, you're, you're a kid. You're 13. You can't lead these 18 year olds on your team. That's weird. Um, there's a noticeable age gap between some of the yes. members of the team. So yes. that's interesting. Um, Robin, all of your um, middle names in the opening are all Robinisms. That's part of it. One of his dumb okay. things he likes to do is this word play where he'll take words that have like a negative uh, prefix, like disaster. And it's like, we, su- we s- prevented the disaster. So now it's just an aster. Like that's where oh, that's where man. that comes from. Um, ah, that's cool. Rough. <laughs> yeah, Ex- you know, non. It's not nonchalant. We're all just very chalant. Or, or I think he says extra chalant at one point in the series I'm as well. Sure he does. Yeah. So that's that's a running gag that Robin does throughout the entire show. So hope you like that. Or if not, I hope you can ignore it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but he's Robin. He's one of the main characters, and he's and he's here, and he's fun. Um, next, we have Calderam, or um, Aqualad is his superhero moniker. Um, he's the he's the de facto leader of the team. He's one of the heavies of the group. Um, I put him as the paladin of the of the party in the uh, team he's, comp. He's kind of a brick shit house compared, yeah. especially compared yeah. to the rest of them. Yeah, um, he's a native Atlantean. He trained as a mage at the Atlantis Royal Academy before being selected by Aquaman to, like, be his sidekick. Um, He's super strong and durable and resistant to toxins and thrives underwater, which are all, like, normal Atlantean things. Um, But he also has this, like, ability to create a bioelectricity that allows him to control water um, as part of his training at the Atlantis Royal Academy. Um, so he also wields two like aqua blades that allow him Ooh. to channel that bioelectricity and ability mm. to control water and shape it into like weapons and tools. So he's somewhere between like the Aquaman and the Green Lantern of the of the party. Cool. Um, he is frequently doubting himself as leader. He's um, he's very torn between his decision to like follow Aquaman or to stay at the Academy and like with his friends and live a normal quote unquote Atlantean life. Um, but he takes his role very seriously. And, um, although he does like very frequently question his ability to lead, he takes it very seriously and ends up being a very, um, upfront and like honest leader of his team. He's, he's a very, he's a very cool character. He's also voiced by the same voice actor who played um, Cyborg in Teen Titans, if Teen oh, Titans cool. is your nice. reference. Um, Robin is voiced by former pop star, pop singer Jesse McCartney as well. Um, oh, really? Yes. I would never have guessed that one. Yes. Great. Um, That's very good. Yeah. The ca- I'll, I'll touch on voice castings from time to time because there's another... Um, surpri- there's another like decent celebrity grab that you wouldn't think um, early on, and then they they up their voice acting chops as throughout the run as well. 
Um, so from there, we'll go on to Wally West or Kid Flash. Uh, he's the fastest kid alive. Uh, Wally West was able to successfully recreate the conditions that led to Barry Allen becoming the Flash. Wait, and followed okay. in Pause. the speedster's <laughs> <on>. footsteps. <laughs> yes. Question. Matt. We talked not so recent or not so long ago about Flashpoint and how what created the Flash was the reverse Flash going back in time and killing his mom. So did, did Wally West well, go back in time to kill well, his mom? That's, that's, okay. <laughs> Is that how Just he to recreated my, to push That's, my, so, to push that's how everybody up. gets Flash powers. <laughs> That's how, that's how you get the speed force. If, Listeners if the out there, oh, oh. I charge you, if you can figure out how to kill Barry Allen's mom, you too will become <laughs> the Flash. If you, that is the catalyst to what then brought Barry to a point where he messed with questionable science and lightning struck a bunch of test tubes of chemicals and gave him his powers. Yeah. So what he recreated was the questionable science and lightning striking the test tubes of chemicals. Uh, Wally West, mm. like... Did a more controlled version of that where he like these were the chemicals used and splashed on the flash and like made a serum that he drank and then grabbed a, a live electric wire and electrocuted himself right. that way so he is not as fast as the flash um he is the team speedster able to hit supersonic speeds when we first meet him he speeds up a little bit after that um he has a history uh, um, he's friends with Robin and Speedy, who we will get to. Um, and he's, you know, a valuable team asset when he is not getting distracted as he is as he is prone to do. Um, he he would be the monk in this party comp. F finding a D&D role for a speedster was a little tricky, but he's a he's the monk. He moves yeah. around. He hits things. Um, he's DPS. He's DPS. <laughs> He's yeah. impulsive. He is quick to distrust new members. He likes his core group of friends and anyone that tries to come into that, he kind of doesn't like off the bat. Um, he's also a bit of a skirt chaser and a flirt. And whenever a new female character joins the team, he is ready, ready to flirt with them. Um, I, I hate that description, but from the one episode I saw where there was one other character on the screen wearing a skirt... <laughs> he instantly all of his dialogue is like an innuendo yep and mm. like painful as yep. such but oh yeah. yeah that is that is a, a point in his personality yeah um but he's also quick on his feet earnest loyal um he is a good friend to his friends once he makes them he's just not quick to make new friends it took me a minute. It took me a like full minute, but you just described the kid Flash as quick on his feet, Kyle. Huh. There you go, Matt. <laughs> There's right. your unintentional pun of the episode. Um, so from there we will move we will we'll go on to McGann Moores or Megan Morse or Miss Martian. Um she is introduced as Mar the Martian Manhunter's niece. Megan is a Martian. Um, Martians are naturally telepathic and telekinetic and able to alter the shape and makeup of their bodies, allowing Megan to also turn invisible or imitate the appearance of someone else. Um, be the, the team sorcerer is a good, good match for that. Um, alone on Mars, she picked up the occasional transmission from Earth and based her alter ego and catchphrase on a 
fictional in the uni- or fictional to the universe 90s sitcom called Hello Megan. Um, she's dodgy <laughs> about her past when the topic comes up. Um, but she also she brings with with her a semi sentient bio ship that serves as the team's kind of transport and mobile base of operations. Um, and if you think whatever the 2010s equivalent of like a valley girl or a sorority girl from that time, you've got the idea of her personality. She's very bubbly, very friendly. Um, but as soon as someone asks more que- a question or two about like how she grew up, where she comes from, she gets mm-hmm. very dodgy she's, and she's flighty. starfire. Yeah, she's star. She, she's she's a starfire. starfire. Yeah. So mm-hmm. when I went to search for Young Justice Miss Martian, one of the first suggestions was Miss Martian True Form, and I've seen images, and they've led me to have questions. Kyle, are you going to talk about that at all? Or we are going to talk about that. All right, cool. I'll shut up. And put I'll a, hold my thoughts for later. Put a pin in that. We'll get to that in the in the season one synopsis. Great. Um. All right. From there, we've got Connor Kent, or Superboy. Um, Connor is a clone of Superman, who is busted out of Star Labs in the series' first in the series premiere. Um, he is the result of Project Cadmus, um, a cloning program started by Star Labs. That um, the whole point of Project Cadmus is to create a contingency plan should the super su- should Superman or the Justice League ever need to be subdued. Um, Star Cadmus is originally run by Amanda Waller at, from Suicide Squad notoriety. She gets ousted halfway through the season. It's not important, but that those are some touchstones to bring you kind of to up I to speed realized, with all that. I never realized Amanda Waller was such a prominent figure in DC. Yeah, like, she, she really, shows she up really a lot. Is. She really yeah, she's is. kind of kind of Nick Fury ish. Yeah, Nick okay. Fury-ish. If if Nick Fury didn't trust a single one of the Avengers at any given moment, like I guess that's perhaps that's Thunderbolt Ross-ish. Yeah, that's yeah. better. She's sure. the Thunderbolt Ross. Um, unable to fully recreate Superman's Kryptonian DNA, uh, Connor is half human, half Kryptonian, and lacks Superman's full capabilities, namely the flight and heat vision. Um, so he carries a chip on his shoulder because of that. Um, he has a bit of a superiority complex because of that. And it is not helped by the fact that Superman is incredibly uncomfortable around Connor for most of the first series, um, first season. Yeah. Superman is not comfortable with the fact that he's got like this half clone out there, um, fighting crime, wearing the Superman S and all of that. Um, Connor is short-tempered, constantly suspicious, and flighty. Um, He's the barbarian in the D&D party comp. Um, Yeah. From there, we'll go to Roy Harper, or Speedy, or Red Arrow, depending on what what time frame you are referring to him as. Um, Roy is not an official member of the team after rejecting membership. Um, Roy cut out he cut out on his own because um, in the series premiere, they all thought they were going to get to join the Justice League, and that was a big fake out. They just got to like tour HQ and be like, look, our sidekicks, here they are. 
Um, and that really pissed him off. So he's like, screw all this. I'm not speedy anymore. I don't work with red. I don't work with green arrow anymore. I am doing my own thing. Um, but he occasionally comes to the team for help and like helps them out when their interests align. So he pops in and out of the series as the plot dictates. Um, originally a protege of green arrow, Roy boasts an arsenal of trick arrows and proficiency with a bow and hand-to-hand combat. Um, He is fiercely independent, always skeptical of everybody. Um, Roy frequently finds out and reveals secrets from, like, all sides. Villains, heroes, um, everything. In the first episode, the, the, like, driving plot early on is that they're going to go... the the sidekicks are going to get to see justice league hq and as soon as they are let inside roy is like this isn't the real justice league hq this is a fake one you guys won't show us the real one what's going on so he that's like his whole thing is he's just always calling people out (laughs) which like to be more specific too they literally have this whole big popping circumstance of like welcome to justice league yes you're gonna sit in the waiting room yeah, well, we have to go talk about things you can't know about. Yeah. And like, there's this whole moment where they're like, but it's an honor. You should be honored to be in the waiting room. And they point up to the skylight and there's paparazzi taking pictures in the waiting mm-hmm. room. And they're oh, like, wow. no, this is not special. Like, this is yeah. not special at all. It's We're just on the other side of the glass is the... Uh, well, yeah. is the... And, and he calls him out too. And he's like, you're going to go through that door and you're going to teleport up to your real base, which is up in outer space. <laughs> and like Batman looks at a green arrow and green arrow is like, I thought I could tell him that. I guess that was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, Roy red arrow, he is a badass, but he's, and, and he's always good and helpful when he shows up, but he's not always willing to show up or work with others. He doesn't always play nice with others. He's, He's he's a bastard, but a fun one to watch. I think I think canonically, Speedy is like a rival to Robin. Not like a like not like a nefarious rival, but I think he is like consistently a foil. He's like he's like um if you know the relationship between like Spider Man and um Human Torch, it's rivalry in that okay. sense where like sure, they yeah. com- they compete at superheroing things, but they don't ever mm-hmm. like. They don't fight each other. Yeah, they just yeah, like yeah. want to want to one up each other at all times. Yeah. Um. So replacing uh, Red Arrow on the team then is Artemis, um, who later becomes Tigress. Um, but her name is Artemis Croc is her like actual identity. Uh, she's a last minute addition to the team after Roy takes off. She doesn't show up until like four or six episodes in or something like that. Um, she is introduced as another protege of Green Arrow, uh, but everyone kind of figures out right away that that's that's a lie. Like he's covering for her in some other aspect, um, but they don't push it too much. Uh, similar to Roy in Green Arrow, Artemis is skilled with a bow and uses trick arrows. Although she quickly shows she's comfortable with a range of weapons and like hand to hand styles of combat, um, she also quickly gives off like troubled kid vibes. Um, is also very dodgy about her past and likes and likes to like push the buttons of other team members too and likes to like kind of find out what makes them crack and like where their emotional weak points are um she very desperately wants to shake her mysterious past 
but struggles with the the black and white morality of some of the Justice League and other teammates as well. Um, the ranger of the party comp because yeah. she is a bow. I was for a while. I was like, wasn't that Kristen Wiig in Wonder Woman? And then I realized that that was che- Cheetah. Or... Cheetah, yeah, yeah, yeah is different tigress. than Tigress. Um, uh, I do love the fact that like Green Arrow shows up to take your son to work day. And he's like, sorry, my, my son's kind of a bastard. Hang on. Yeah. <laughs> Six episodes later, he's like, what about this other child that I've been training in superheroism? Is this yeah. good? Is this good? Does this work for your team? I also, um, I also like that like Green Arrow's protege is just Red Arrow. <laughs> like, yes. color, son. Yeah. Like a color that isn't green. Well, I mean, the Kid Flash. It's like, a bad name. A, it's, half a, of these naming yeah. conventions are not good. No, Superboy <laughs> yeah. sucks. Yeah, yeah. Aqualad. Yeah. yeah, it's so like I'll, I will switch back and forth between referring to them as their superheroing name and their like actual name, um, as as it becomes fit. And our last member of the team is Zatanna Zatara, or just Zatanna. Uh, she is a late season add to the team. She comes in like the back half of season one. She is the daughter of League member Giovanni Zatara, or just Zatara, um, and is a skilled spellcaster like her father. Um, they don't go into much about like where their powers come from or why they can do magic when other people can't, but they cast spells mostly by just saying the thing they want to do backwards. That's like Zatanna and Zatara's whole thing is they just like will say, tie the rope backwards and it like whips the rope around the bad guy and ties him up or like oh neat. yeah yeah um, seems like we should have been trying that a long time ago <laughs> yeah. how, how does it work with silent letters like tie the rope is it epor or just poor i think it's epor i think they like read it like you would read it yeah. backwards oh, okay yeah thanks um, that's very important to say. i know until <laughs> until this very moment i did I only knew of Zatanna. I didn't Zatanna Zatara. I didn't know about Giovanni Zatara. Her dad who does the same thing. Yeah. Um Z- Zatara, I think, came first in like the comics continuity, but then Zatanna became more the more popular character, partially because she's right. like she was a like 70s, 80s type character and became like a quote unquote comic book babe. As opposed to like her yeah, father, who's just sure. another old man. Um, but she has um, they she has like preacher's daughter vibes because her dad's very prote- overly protective of her. Um, the, her first like appearance, she convinces the team to like sneak out and take her on one of her missions instead of like just the normal like tour of the HQ and go back home like she was supposed to. Um, she's incredibly strong-willed, which is like part of the spell casting. Um, she's a strong addition to the team and is like the magic explainer whenever they encounter a magic-based villain or artifact or something. And is obviously the the wizard in this uh, party D and D party comp scenario that I've concocted for all of us. Um, cool. So that's kind of our main cast of heroes from the team. Um, the Justice League appears. In the show, we've got, you know, you've got Superman, Wonder Woman, Batman, Aquaman, Green Lantern are all, Martian Manhunter are all there. 
Um, the whole conceit of the show is that like this team was formed to do the um, like the missions the Justice League doesn't want to necessarily attract attention to um, because Superman or Batman going somewhere attracts a lot of attention when you might need a more a gentler hand in that specific scenario. So that's kind of the role they fill in this universe and why the team was created. Um, Now we'll move on to the villains, which is always the fun part of any DC um, topic because the villains are the DC villains are just great. Um, The cast of villains is pulled from all corners of the DC canon, uh, but there is a similar hierarchy um, of like league level villains that are shown to be more like masterminds and then like team level villains that they keep fighting and, and are like carrying out the, the designs of the like league level villains. Um, the show has a monster of the week type feel in some of the sim- filler episodes um, with like the, the ultimate goal of those like individual monsters of the week feeding into the larger goal of the, higher up villains so like each each thwarted or accomplished scheme of the low level villains feeds up into the the higher plan um lex luther vandal savage queen bee and clarion the witch boy are all Ah! kind of our high level (laughs) villains what was that last one clarion the witch boy um he is a he is a magic a magic user he is like he is the embodiment of chaos and he is an ancient entity, the embodiment of chaos that takes the form of an annoying, like hot topic teen. Yeah. He looks like a douche. Kind of the opposite of Raven. Kind of. Yes. Yes. Kind of the opposite of Raven. Matt, he is a douche. He's just such, he's like, he's so, his whole thing is like being an an annoying bratty kid and also having chaos magic. Um, so it's it's a whole thing. He's like shitty Loki. Yeah, yeah. All all of these are apt descriptors. Um, so these these four are kind of our high level villains, um, but they all seem to keep their hands like relatively clean as far as like actual crimes go for the most part in the series. Uh, with Clarion being the one who interacts kind of most with the team from the high level villains. Um, Lex Luthor especially like shows up a lot and admits to scheming, but he's very like, but you don't know what I am scheming. Like, I'll tell you, <laughs> I'm doing stuff, but you guys aren't going to figure it out because I'm Lex <laughs> Luthor. Um, so that's that's fun. Always fun when he shows up. Um, they frequently refer to an entity known as the light uh, aggressive air quotes on that in an ambiguous manner at being the center of the plan. Um, but they never seem to show concern as they are seemingly like set back by the victories of the, the young, the, the team, like each, every time they win, they're like, mm, yes, we, we may have lost the battle, but the war will still be won by the light. And like, and like everything is proceeding according to plan, even though it yep. seems like they just lost. So that's just a minor setback, et cetera, et yeah. cetera. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, however, the show loves its B and C list villains as well. And they keep coming back whenever the plots center around certain character or plot lines. Um, so we have characters like Bane and ultra humanite. Oh, um, 
That's ultra humanite. Ultra humanite is a um, ultra intelligent genetically modified gorilla. Um, yeah. Much in the but vein, not, but not Gorilla Grodd. But not Gorilla Grodd, a different <laughs> oh ultra yeah. intelligent genetically modified gorilla from a Common different villain's rogues e gallery. Common uh, conception. Yeah, right. Thank you. Uh, he looks like the 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 main antagonist gorilla from Planet of the Apes. Sure, he does. He has yeah. a very similar jaw shape. DC DC had a weird gorilla fever um, in the in the like. <laughs> Late fifties, early sixties, and called monkeypox. Kyle, it's, it's not <laughs> called monkeypox, Matt. <laughs> um, so, so Bane and Ultra Humanite are running like illegal oper operations off this South American island called Santa Prisca. Uh, Santa Prisca is a fictional island in the DC universe, which serves as a stand-in for whatever South American country was causing people to panic during the seventies and eighties. Um, <laughs> they are doing like. Um, they call it Cobra Venom. They like, like, so Bane's like powers come from the Venom serum or whatever. They made a better version of that. And that's the, that's the Venom in this oh, universe. Dang. Yeah. So that's, that's Bane and Ultra Humanite. And then you have uh Queen Bee Mast Mastermind, or no, not Mastermind. I got that name wrong. It's Queen Bee and Simon spelled P-S-I-M-O-N. Like nope. psychic. <laughs> I, um, okay. I don't like that one. Yeah. Uh, they serve as Miss Martian's main kind of combatants because they're all telepaths. Um, and they operate out of the fictional com country of Bialia, which is DC's longstanding Middle East panic representative wow. country. Um <laughs> <laughs> Um, we have doctors, Dr. T.O. Morrow and Professor Ivo show up whenever robotic shenanigans are at play. And we have uh, two street-level villains, Sportsmaster and Chesh Cheshire, like the Cheshire Cat, um, who are part of Artemis's past. And I'm we will, sorry, we find Sportsmaster? Yeah, <laughs> so Sports Summer Camp. Frantically Googling. Sportsmaster <laughs> is our, our most paste-pot Pete-type villain. Um, where like the original version of Sportsmaster literally did like football shaped bombs and <laughs> yeah. like awesome. hit baseballs <laughs> at people and like soccer balls that have spikes shoot out of them when they get he's, close to the bad they, guy. He's just a man. He's, he's just yeah. a man in a jacket <laughs> yeah. with a a thing over his face with a hockey yeah. mask. They wanted to combine crossbones from dc with casey jones from teenage mutant yes. ninja turtles and that's what we got here so he's he's like a paste pot pete type villain in the comics and they've kind of uh reskinned him in in this where he's still like it's all like vaguely sports themed but it's more like javelins and archery and shooting type sports that <laughs> Sharp actually sports. Yeah. Why, would you, why would you bring a, a football bomb when there's so many sports that have guns yes when knife sports is out there as a real yeah. thing sports. yeah um so that's Sportsmaster. Sportsmaster shows up wow. a lot throughout season one, guys. Apparently, he was also in uh, the live-action show Star Girl for the DC Universe. Probably oh. did not yep. watch or know anything. Sure, I don't know Star Girl. How are comics? How how are comics? How how have comics? <laughs> um, so, like I said, this show does a great job of taking these like seventies and eighties um po yeah. paste pot Pete level villains and turning them into something a little more sinister for the show. Um, Sportsmaster being the most like apt example of this. 
but like Simon is also from one of those where like his name is Simon and get it it's <laughs> psychic and Simon um and then we also and then like this also is a collection of these cold war panic characters from around the same time with like countries like Bialia and Santa Prisca um being more like actual settings and diplomatic like considerations to take under rather than just like an excuse to have your xenophobia not directed at an actual um country that exists Mm -hmm. which Mm -hmm. it wasn't which these they were is what they were concepted as in the original comics so it's it takes all these like old ideas that might not be the best to have in your more grounded um superhero cartoon and makes them a little more grounded and uh realistic so that's uh that's the that's the the setup the characters how we how we got here so to speak um so with that if you guys have any questions so far i'd love to answer those and then we'll kick to a break I don't think I have any questions. I mean, this is seems pretty straightforward. I'm excited to hear about the story because your mm. setup so far has been incredibly Agents of Shieldsy, uh, which I very <laughs> much like. So I'm excited to hear about the story. Yeah, I, more of this actually, like, save for the sportsmen. <laughs> oh more, more of this sounds pretty familiar to me. Like, I know a lot of these people um, more than at least than I thought I would. So Great. I guess I know more, more about DC than I expected, which <laughs> honestly I'm not, I don't know how to feel about yet. I need to process <laughs> well, that over to, the break. To bring you back down to, to a solid level, Andrew, when Kyle said that Green Lantern is there in the beginning, there's actually two Green Lanterns. Can you name the one? Can you name two Green Lanterns? Uh, John Stewart and Hal Jordan. Okay. Oh, those are the two that were there? Those are the you two. Those are the name, two. Name a third. Uh, Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I have nothing to add. I, I will throw out. Um, they do a good. They do a good joke about the third Green Lantern. Um, they. Um, this is a mild spoiler, but not super. They towards the end of season one, the Justice League votes like new members into the Justice League, and they bring up the third Green Lantern, Guy Gardner. And ah, yeah. uh, the two ju- the two Green Lanterns that are already on the Justice League are immediately like, absolutely not, no way. We, <laughs> you guys do not want Guy Gardner on this team. Um, and it like is a it's a very funny joke that I forgot about, and it caught me off guard and made me like act actually laugh out loud. So um, they they honor DC canon very well too. Ooh. Is um, That's cool. a good a good yeah, tie in to that joke. So with that, we'll take a short break, and we, when we come back, we'll go through a long synopsis of season one and a quick synopsis of the rest of the show. All right, we are back. Um, this is the synopsis portion of the show for Young Justice. So if you think you're going to watch Young Justice and don't want any spoilers, for, big spoilers for season one, turn back now. Um, otherwise, here we go. Um, all right, so episode one, we open on... Robin and Batman, Green Arrow and Speedy, Aquaman, Aquaman and Lad, and Flash and Kid Flash all separately on their way to something important. They keep calling it the big day. Like each one of them's like, we gotta go, it's the big day. Um, when each group is interrupted by their own respective iced theme villain attacking <laughs> attacking their respective cities. Which like there's just more than you think there are. 
I can only think of one. Who are you the, probably, who are all you the probably, ice people? Okay, you can probably do two. So, so Mr. Freeze is the easy one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then there's um there's Captain, Captain Cold. Cold. That's uh, the two that I knew. Have we talked easy? about Captain Cold before? <laughs> That's a yeah, stupid name. It's a it Flash villain. Oh, okay. He's the opposite right. of the Heat Miser. And I don't. Do you, <laughs> do you know the other two offhand, Todd? I forget the like because there's like yeah. six ice villains. I think it's. I think it's <laughs> and, so, so but only you, four of them show up here. What in the yeah. world? Um, Incredible. I honestly think that. I think that, it's. Is it Icicle Junior? Is Icicle Junior there? I think his name is actually Jack Frost. I think that is Shut the actual up. name of that character. They Good refer to him here. as Icicle Junior. Yeah, this, they name him. They say they call him Junior, and I do not oh know the God. the other the woman there's, of the. Okay, group. and then there's, the the woman is killer is Killer Cold, I believe. There's gotcha. Killer Frost, Killer Ice Frost, Maiden, the Cryonic Man, Minister <laughs> Blizzard, <laughs> Minister Blizzard, Icicle, Polar Boy. I think it's. I think the other two are Icicle Junior and Killer Frost. Super okay, not important. Yeah, this is kind of is, but let's move on. <laughs> but they all attack separately, and each of these pairs stop their respective ice villains without capturing them. So they like stop the attack, and and they all the ice villains escape. Um, and we find out that these each of these sidekicks are excited because they finally get to go into the Hall of Justice and presumably join the Justice League. Yep, there they are. A whole bunch of ice-themed villains. <laughs> oh my god. Um, in our show notes. Incredible. Um, however, <laughs> upon their arrival at the Hall of Justice, Speedy reveals that this is all just a facade, a gateway to their space station, their actual space station base, the Watchtower, and that the Justice League just uses the Hall of Justice as like a publicity front for their operations. Um, Speedy, annoyed that they weren't given access to the League in the way that they were promised, denounces Green Arrow and leaves. When all the ice villains attack again, but this time like the city that the Hall of Justice is in. All four of them have teamed up and they're attacking that city now. Um, And so the League orders all the sidekicks to stay put here in um, the Hall of Justice while while the Justice League goes off to fight these villains. And they're watching, the sidekicks are all watching the, the fight play out on the news um, when Robin notices that a build, a nearby building is on fire, seemingly independent of this ice villain attack. Um, he does some, some whiz kid research on his, on his wrist iPad and um, further <laughs> learns that this building is like consuming more electricity than the surrounding f- block like four blocks around it it's on its own energy grid system and has a lot of like red flags and that is enough to convince him and kid flash to go check it out and aqualad kind of less enthusiastically follows along to make sure that they don't get themselves killed um they go into this building which turns out to be star labs and they quickly uncover an advanced conspiracy to create these um, genomorphs, which are like a genetically modified cloned labor force um, that's all connected by a psychic link made by Star Labs and Project Cadmus to be this like half standing army, half free labor for their secret um, covert sci-fi nonsense. Every Um, year of real life, 
the phrase <laughs> genetically modified labor force gets scarier and scarier. Yeah. I, I promise you, Matt, in seven years, you're going to see a New Yorker article saying, uh, <laughs> have you considered but, the genetically modified labor why, force? Why genetically modified labor force is actually good for the Is unemployed. actually good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, unemployed, Keep yeah. calm and love the tentacle. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so determined to get to the, the very bottom of this conspiracy that they've unearthed, the team go deeper, literally taking an elevator into like a sub basement lab of this building, um, where they find the real operation. Thousands of these genomorphs of various, of varying sizes, literally like this half psychic genetically modified army, um, Robin keeps digging and finds a room that is even like further secured and off the off the grid, so to speak, um, and insists that they like keep going to find out what they're actually hiding here. Like this genomorph stuff is is great and scary, but like there is something they really don't want us to find. Um, and they keep they push through this army, um, assisted by a mysterious psychic voice, until they find a room labeled project capital k lowercase r like an element symbol it's the element symbol for krypton for kryptonite so it's Mm -hmm. project Mm -hmm. uh kryptonite um and they force their way in and they find this dark-haired kid about their age in this big sci-fi vat with the superman insignia on his shirt uh they let him out and he immediately attacks them with the strength and speed of a younger superman but lacking his ability to fly or shoot uh heat heat vision out of his eyes uh, the psychic voice speaks to all four of them now and tells them that this is Project Superboy and that he, the voice, has led them, led the team to him to help all of them escape and free Superboy. Um, Superboy kind of snaps out of his rage and they all fight their way out through these this genomorph army and end up bringing Star Labs down around them as a group of superpowered teenagers are wont to do. Um, only to be pulled out of the rubble by the Justice League. Uh, the team tells Batman and Superman what happened, and upon be- meeting Superboy, Superman uncomfortably flies away, which does not go unnoticed by Batman or Superboy. And it goes just like that. Yeah, like, he like doesn't say like, anything. He's just like, hmm. I gotta go, and like yeah, flies he's away. A, he's just a big boner. He's like, yeah. I have to do a thing and just leave. <laughs> I have to return these videotapes. Um, <laughs> food in the oven. Um, Batman tells the team that he's like, he does the like disappointed dad thing of like, we got to figure out what we're going to do with you. Like you disobeyed our orders, went out and fought this thing, but you did like free this clone of Superman, which is a good thing. So we just got to figure out what we're going to do with you. Um, we, we cut and come back to the team gr- regrouped with Batman and the other League members at a, a different old, old Justice League hideout, Mount Justice. Um, Batman tells the group that they will be part of an auxiliary team for the Justice League, going on like scouting, covert, and peacekeeping missions that will be less confrontational and allow the League to address things they deem noteworthy without attracting the attention that sending Batman or Superman would garner. Um, additionally, they will be trained here in Mount Justice by varying League members and chaperoned by the Android and Justice League member Red Tornado, because Red Tornado is 
an android and doesn't need to sleep or he's the vision of the of he's the, the vision universe. of the group he Got it. he partially wants to observe these teenagers to figure out what makes them human Ew. but also but also like is is very android about it he sure looks um, exactly like vision yeah right it's it's not subtle <laughs> it's not um finally martian manhunter uh pops in and tells them that the team will be joined by his niece miss martian who immediately crushes on superboy and is immediately crushed upon by wally um thus creating our our love triangle in this teen superhero show as is tradition as is tradition Mm -hmm. as the prophecy foretold um we we cut to the shadowy images of who we later find out are lex luther vandal savage queen bee Raz al Ghul and Clarion the Witch Boy talking about how the fire at Cadmus was only a setback, but now all the pieces are in place and their plan is in motion, and soon even the Justice League will follow them, quote, into the light. End episode one. On that ominous note. Okay. Um that's our setup. We've got we've got our new our new team formed and our kind of conspiracy for further villainy laid out to us um so the team goes on some preliminary missions in a monster of the week series of episodes where they like hash out who's going to be leader surprise it's aqualad like i said earlier um and they start the process of like how to be a team and not just four superpowered kids throwing their energy at the same problem i have a Um, question yes sorry to interrupt is this a thing where it's like They've got to save the world and get back in time for gym class. Like, do they have to, like, go to high school at the same time? Is this that? We, is this what's happening? We do get, like, a small high school subplot, but it's never it's never the, like, balancing superheroing with high school. It's just got like, it. hey, we don't have any superheroing to do today. Why don't we go to that high school we went just, to eight episodes go, aud- ago? <laughs> Audit a class. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, that feels weirder somehow. <laughs> yeah. <right? laughs> um, so they they meet through these like first few Monster of the Week episodes. We meet our lower level villains like Bane, Hugo Strange. I keep calling him Mastermind, but it's, it's actually Simon. Um, there's a villain just called Brain, which looks like a, a Dalek in in a... But it's DC, if you know what the Daleks are from mm-hmm. uh, Doctor Who. A lot of Doctor Who in this, which makes sense because it's right around yeah. the time the Doctor Who popularity was popping up. Popping up. Imitates art. Yeah. yeah. Um, and we meet like, and we meet Tio Morrow and Professor Ivo. We meet Blockbuster and Abracadabra and Sportsmaster and Chester, who are I these think I, I think all I these hate, low level villains. I and if you want me to tell Tio you Morrow. about, oh yeah, that's bad. Yeah, Tio Morrow, maybe more than anything else you've said. Tio Morrow is kind of a, um, he's like a, like a Tony Stark esque character. Mm-hmm. He's um, always shown he's he's very old now, but he's shown as like having operated thirty years ago, and he made all these androids. Um, Red Tornado is one such creation. He had this fixation on like making an android superhero. And then he turned evil at some point. They don't go into all the details. A suit of armor across yeah, yeah, the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, so they're all carrying out these seemingly like unconnected heists of like new emerging technology or, or magical artifacts. 
but also are like inexplicably accompanied by villain a villain from the previous heist or like the next heist like it's always like bane is doing his thing with um with the the cobra venom making like better venom but also uh brain the the brain in a jar villain is also there um <laughs> no, or wait, like, hold on hold on though yeah but what if there were a team of just brain in a jar villains uh, they, <laughs> they get close in a couple episodes um but or you have like like abracadabra trying to steal a magical artifact but also sportsmaster is there for some reason like it's it's these weird like it makes sense that this villain is here, but it doesn't make sense that that villain is there as I like, well. I like that they're like that they theme themselves up. <laughs> like yeah. they all have to yeah. have some sort of like through line in their in their one note personality for them to team up together. Yeah, it's very they, all, fun. they all drew names out of a hat. You know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. So um, we we meet some future players in the series, like um, Kobu. Now stick with me here. An ancient embodiment of order to counter Clary and the Witch Boy, an ancient embodiment of chaos. Uh, Kobu can only exist on our plane through per- possessing the body of someone else um, to become Dr. Fate, which does come back up later um, in the show. Also, also the storyline of Fire Emblem Path of Radiance. <laughs> also the Fire Emblem, the story of Fire <laughs> Emblem Path of Radiance. Um, we, we do get our The Gang Goes to High School episode. Um, in these Monster <laughs> of the Week episodes where Superboy picks his name, uh, Connor, at the suggestion of Megan, um, which is a name fr- we later learn is a name from the TV show she based her whole personality off of, and um, Kent, which viewers will ne- recognize as the last name of Superman, Clark Kent, but um, Connor <laughs> picks it because it's the name of the the guy who was formerly Dr. Fate. The heist, the episode where he picks the name happens right after the Dr. Fate episode, and he's like touched by this old man. It's a whole thing. Um, but he's Connor Kent now. Um, and Green Arrow brings Artemis, his his new protege, to join the team. Here's this other kid I found. <laughs> Here's this <laughs> other kid I taught to fight crime. Um, more adventures happen so that the team can get used to Artemis and so that some distrust can start being sown throughout the team. Uh, Connor starts going off on like solo brooding missions. McGann starts to show that she isn't all that she seems to be. And no one knows Artemis um, when it is hinted that all the other members have like a basic idea of who these other people are. No one knows who Artis- Artemis is and that like immediately causes them to not trust her right away um we then get the return of speedy who is now going by red arrow who reaches out to aqualad seeking the team's help to ensure that a diplomatic meeting between the figureheads of two countries fictional representation representations of north and south korea um (laughs) and a mysterious (laughs) negotiator happens like peacefully and without interruption i also like the idea that like these countries don't have diplomatic arms <laughs> like yeah no. there's yeah. not an entire cia thing no that. nah um so this mysterious negotiator um shows up to the the summit and it's revealed that it's lex luthor apparently the only person who like both of these world leaders will sit down and talk to each other with okay um, real quick real quick is it that far-fetched that tomorrow North and South Korea could announce they'll only meet with Jeff Bezos? 
I would mean, we like would it, we this be Todd, really this, floored? This already happened in 2016, where like Donald Trump was the only person able yeah. to like get through no, to was, Kim uh, Jong Un. It wasn't Donald Trump. It was uh, what's his name? He used to play basketball. It was Dennis Rodman. Oh, and Dennis, and Dennis Rodman. Rodman. <laughs> well, that yeah. Dennis Rodman. It was a little our, bit of both. Yes. Our delegate. Dennis, our delegate for the future was Dennis Rodman. <laughs> Dennis Dennis Rodman walked so that Donald Trump could <clears throat> loaf. Could yes. Um, so, um, when, when in it, the negotiator is revealed to be Lex Luthor, the summit is attacked by Cheshire, um, seeking to assassinate Lex Luthor, thus like preventing these peace talks. Uh, Red Arrow attempts to intervene, but is bested by Cheshire, but it's okay because Lex, Lex Luthor assistant has a gun for an arm and fights off Cheshire instead. <laughs> Neat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How convenient. Um, Lex Luthor thanks an embarrassed Red Arrow and Aqualad for, like, attempting to help and invites them to come in and help fend off any other, like, future assassination attempts. Not wanting to leave the leaders alone with Lex Luthor, both accept and, like, go in and sit in on these peace talks. The peace talks happen. Every, um, the, the North and South Korean analog leaders reach some sort of like agreement or treaty and everyone goes to leave when they are all attacked again this time by sportsmaster um who is once again thwarted but this time by red arrow and aqualad um cornered by red arrow sportsmaster taunts him with information that they have a mole infiltrating the team there's someone on their team of sidekicks that is like feeding information to the bad guys um but he leaves without telling him who it is. He's just like, hey, there's a mole mm-hmm. on your team. I'm out of here. Yeah, so discontent. <laughs> Sounds yes. like a you problem. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that's how, like, every time the the team shows up, the bad guys are able to, like, escape and recover some part of their plan, even though they are ultimately, like, even though they're defeated, they get away because of this mole. Um, Red Arrow tells Aqualad this. And, uh, and they together kind of decide that Sportsmaster is likely lying, but Aqualad will keep tabs on the team without revealing that's what he's doing. Um, more adventures happen. Superboy eventually overhears Aqualad telling Batman about the potential mole and like flips his shit. Because um, Superboy's whole thing is like he's just starting to learn how to trust people and learns that Aqualad is keeping the secret from him. So he um, he loses it. He tells the rest of the team that Calder expects one of them to be a mole and that, like, hey, our leader doesn't actually trust any of us guys. Why are we listening to him? Um, they go out on a mission to investigate a bunch of animals that have been juiced with this cobra venom, and the mission, like, falls apart because they won't listen to Calder, and, they, and then they, you know, learn, like, hey, he had to do it because... That's how a mole works. You don't want to tip them off. And they all listen to him again. And and everyone's happy. And they all think um, Red Tornado is the mole. Because Red Tornado um, was his... Backing up a bit. His programming was overwritten by two, by two or three other, three other androids created by Tio Morrow. And all four of them attack Mount Justice. It's a whole thing. Um, but they all assume that like red tornado was the mole and that they're all in the clear now because of that. Um, smash cut to 
the just the Injustice League attacks multiple cities. <laughs> the Injustice League, Kyle. Yeah, that shouldn't be that surprising. No, the, that's not that bad. Yeah, that's not the weirdest. The thing to Injustice take away from this. League. I, um, I, okay. I know that it's not surprising. I just didn't know that the Injustice. I know. I don't know shit about DC we, Comics, dude. This this like comes out of nowhere in the show too. It's like okay. top of top of a new episode. Guys, the Injustice League is attacking with gen- genetically modified plants. Um made by poison ivy they're like they've got their Mm. plants with this like cobra venom in them so they're super strong gigantic monstrous plants um they are controlled by one of the worst versions of the joker that i have ever seen in media (laughs) um it looks like david tennant's um doctor who it's voiced by brett fucks he he doesn't he sucks so bad (laughs) um he's not great he's very jared leto very Pre precursor to to Leto Joker for sure. He's voiced by Brett Spinner of um of Star Trek: who's The Next Generation. Big old weirdo. Who's also a big old weirdo, but it's not good. Like this is not a good depiction. It's very like it's very a hot topic teenager's idea of what the Joker should be. Yeah, um, he just his, says real cringy things the whole episode. His time skip version is a little bit better. Also, yeah, is there I, a time skip? Because it looks like there's a time skip. Okay, because <laughs> I wasn't a, I wasn't on board. But if you would have told, if you would have led with, there's a time skip. There's, there's a time skip. I think between each season, Andrew. Okay, okay. well, <laughs> at least, yeah, e- right. um, yeah. Um, so they, the team, works together and they stop the Injustice League while the the justice league is like doing something else i forget why they're distracted and not able to help but they are um so the team stops the injustice league um but only after aqualad um goes and he goes and gets the the helmet of fate and channels dr fate into his body and like uses dr fate to win um who even more reluctantly than the previous time decides to let calder go but says like hey I'm not going to let the next person go. Like, this is it. Next person who puts on the helmet of fate, they're Dr. Fate forever now. You know the rules. You put you on know, the helmet. Yep. <laughs> L- literally that. You become He's... Pierce Brosnan. You do it. <laughs> um, so we we then have a few more missions. Zatanna is eventually em- introduced to the team by her father, Zatara. But he's not. he doesn't let her join right away. He's the overprotective father who, like... He, he's been a Justice Leaguer for a while. He knows how this is going to go down. He doesn't want to put his teenage daughter in danger. Um, however, that doesn't stop her from running away and going on a few missions with the team anyway. Um, we get an, uh, an episode where uh, Clarion the Witch Boy shows up again and casts a spell that removes all adults from the world. Um, oh, like the Jimmy Neutron <laughs> movie. It's like the Jimmy Neutron movie. Exactly. Yeah, I love the Jimmy Neutron oh, movie. Yes. That rules. And that um, did now too. <laughs> <laughs> um, except it more like it separates them into like uh, an adult and an adult less universe. Mm. Um, and he do- it, it's done to get rid of the Justice League. He's like, hey, the right. Justice League are all adults. To, I'll cast the to spell. Make it, to make it so that the young Justice are the kid versions of the Justice League. Yeah. Yes. I got yes. It. Exactly. I'll get it. Um, some coolness ensues. There's this whole plot point of, um, Captain Marvel being able to like traverse the two worlds and like coordinate, be the coordination point between the two teams. Yes. Shazam, Andrew. Andrew. Shazam. Shazam, Not, uh, yeah. Yeah, Captain Marvel being Shazam. Um, 
and and Clarion is eventually brought down this time by Zatanna putting on the helmet of fate but Dr. Fate fate says like nope I told you guys what was gonna happen I'm not letting go and best thing is like this person even knows how to use magic so like my magic is even better I am not letting go um until her father Zatara um confronts him and is like hey that's my daughter use me instead I'm even like more magical and um and an adult and of just generally I'm gonna be stronger <laughs> and also an adult <laughs> and and Dr. Fate goes for this um sealing Zatara to Dr. Fate um Zatanna now without a family joins the team um and before we get too far away from Captain Marvel, I do want to throw out Captain Marvel is our other surprise kind of celebrity uh, voice cast, at least at first. Uh, the first two Captain Marvel appearances, he is voiced by Rob Lowe. Um, oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> um, he is then taken over by Rob Lowe's brother, Chad Lowe. For the <laughs> appearances. <laughs> Well, oh. <laughs> what was that South Park where it was like John Stamos' brother was yeah. <laughs> loving you? Oh. Oh, Rob Lowe, famous dude. for wearing a hat that just has the NFL logo on it <laughs> to, to a football game. <laughs> well, I found the episode cover art. Um, oh, man. We get that some more. Sure, it says so much and so little. <laughs> uh, we get some solo stories. Miss, Miss Martian. Uh, goes off and fights Queen Bee and Simon. Here you see the first actual spelling of Simon. Um, oh. Who um, they? It's not. It's not like Simon from SSX Tricky. No, it it's isn't. Not, it's not like that. A much cooler. What a reference, Andrew. <laughs> Jeez, I, well, man. I didn't just think that pull it out of my brain. I looked it up earlier, and I've had a picture of Simon from <laughs> SSX Tricky on my computer for fifty-five minutes now. <laughs> no, Simon. Simon is another like brain in a jar adjacent character where his head his head his like skull is transparent and you can see his brain it's yeah as one does he sucks um but they blackmail miss martian with the information that she is not a green martian as she has been claiming this whole time but a much more monstrous looking white martian um and we get this whole like backstory of of martian racism and like how the green martians kind of were treated the white martians like shit because they looked big and ugly matt that's where your miss martian true form image yeah, comes in you if you want to google search if you have you want to drop that in here for us uh, yeah, um, which which the martian manhunter also has a true form it's just not as monstrous yes yeah yeah it yes. looks more like a bionicle yeah um <laughs> so so queen bee and simon kind of threatened to tell the rest of the team like hey you aren't who you say you are and we're going to tell your friends that and they aren't going to like the the white martian version of you because she's big and scary yeah there it is um so you better do what we say when the time comes or we're gonna we're gonna out your secret to to your friends um artemis is confronted in her home we see artemis like she lives alone with her mom um in like kind of a rundown apartment but she is in c- confronted in that apartment by Sportsmaster, who reveals to the audience that he is Artemis's father and that Cheshire Ooh. is Artemis's sister and, um, you know, Sportsmaster's other daughter. Um, so they 
they blackmail Artemis with like, have fun playing hero, but you're we're going to ask for your help at a key moment and you better help us then, or we're going to tell your friends about your criminal past. Um, so we got, we got that. And then fine. And then Superboy um, gets this like call at a frequency only he can hear because he's half Kryptonian sure. um, to learn that he was summoned by Lex Luthor. Uh, Lex Luthor reveals that um, Superboy's human DNA, in fact, came from Lex Luthor, making him, so. yeah, <laughs> making him so Connor's did. father in a way. Um, and he gives him these shields, which are like these nicotine patches that suppress Connor's human DNA, giving him like the rest of the powers of Superman that he's supposed to have. So he like, oh. so he, we get this kind of like don't do drugs subplot or don't do don't use steroids subplot of like huh. connor like slapping these nicotine patches on and like yeah. getting juiced with power and he gets more angry when he uses them um and but connor tries to stop lex luthor from escaping he's like oh, no i'm gonna take you in like this isn't happening um but lex luthor puts him into a winter soldier type trance with the words red sun um something that's like been was baked into him into his like conditioning when he was a captured clone um, is that a superman thing superman is weird under the red sun yeah red sun yeah. red sun is um uh you know superman loses his powers under red sunlight mm -hmm. um superman yeah. red sun is a is a alternate uh, storyline of superman yeah. as well so there's a few words tied in there mm -hmm. but okay. um yeah, so we've got we've got three compromised team members at this point, um, and more adventures happen. That's our yada yada of like, mm -hmm. there's some more monster of the week stuff that like gives us more clues, but ultimately like is a monster of the week story, um, and the Justice League votes in some new members, including Red Arrow. Um, one of the missions begins with. Uh, three the three compromised members getting called upon now. So like their their villain handlers are calling them calling in their favor basically, and um, they all show up to the villains and like see the other one there. Like all the villains are hanging out. They call in Superboy, Miss Martian, and Artemis, and they all show up and they're like they do the Spider Man meme of like, yeah. "What you're here, you're here." Yeah. Except we like flashback and it's revealed that like as they all left to answer the call the call from their villains um they stopped and told their teammates what was going on how they were being blackmailed and like uh. what was happening so they pull the switcheroo and like all show up and and like take out these these villains instead um which is very a very cool very mm -hmm. cool um mm -hmm penultimate yeah. episode this is the second last episode of the season that this happens in and it's like hey they're a team they're all trusting each other excuse me um and it's all and like look it's all good they they figured out and can do the espionage themselves now um so we move into what is the last episode um the the justice league holds a celebration on the watchtower to welcome these new members and they celebrate taking down the injustice league again which is like what the the 
group of villains blackmailing them called themselves again as well. They're everything's happy. Um, and we cut away to see Batman and alone, alone in a lab studying some tech recovered from a recent mission that the villains were trying to get when Roy red arrow enters and asks Batman why he's not at the party. Uh, Batman says something about like never stopping to pursue our villains, figure out what they're doing, makes it very clear. Like, no, I'm not coming down to this party. I'm staying here. And Roy's like, well, okay. Crime then. doesn't rest and neither yeah. can I. Yeah. yeah. Um, and Roy does says a like, well, okay, I wanted to do this all together, but I'll do it here. And he puts this like evil looking bio chip into the back of Batman's neck where it's absorbed, um, putting Batman under some kind of mind control. Um, and Uh-oh. revealing revealing himself Roy to the audience as the long sought after mole that like was in the group. Oh. Uh, Roy grants open access to the watchtower. Vandal Savage teleports in and claims victory over the Justice League. Um, he the we see the Justice League all kneel in front of Vandal Savage, seemingly all having these like those biochips inserted into them. Um, under the control of the light as the this group of supervillains um, call themselves. Lex Luthor, Vandal Savage, Queen Bee, and Clarion are the light in this regard. Um, Mount Justice is attacked by various members of the Justice League um, trying to, you know, take down the only thing threatening to ruin mm-hmm. the light's plan. Uh, the team is able to barely escape they are assisted by a newly freed from mind control red tornado um there's this whole backstory where red tornado like builds this human body for himself to move his consciousness into they do that to like free him of the the brain chip um so he they free him from the brain chip and he tells he fills him in on what's going on and roy harper shows up um also free of his um what we come to learn was cadmus programming similar to the like red sun keyword stopping connor in his tracks earlier uh we learn roy this roy harper is actually a clone of the real roy harper the real roy harper who has been um imprisoned and further in cadmus um they cloned his body and programmed this clone with the desire to join the join the justice league and then once he was in the justice league this like second programming kicks in and makes him he's a sleeper agent he's the winter soldier they winter soldiered uh the real roy Um, harper basically that was some that is some metal gear solid ass shit right yeah (laughs) yeah um so the the team red tornado and and roy all infiltrate the watchtower and takes down this brainwashed Justice League using a, a cure chip developed by Robin and the bio ship. They like feed one of the one of the bad chips into it and it spits out a bunch of cures for him. Um Well that's handy. Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah. A little little Deus Ex Machina E, mm-hmm. but we've got twenty twenty two minutes to wrap this episode up in, <laughs> right. so we can't get bogged down. Uh the day is saved. All the couples who have developed a season of sexual tension kiss because it's also New Year's. It's also New Year's for some oh, reason. Okay, yeah, of <laughs> yeah, that absolutely um, tracks. And all is well except Batman 
um, in like the po- in the the postlude kind of mm-hmm. tells Robin that he and fifteen other league members were off world unaccounted for. They have no memory of what they did, but they were off in space doing something for sixteen hours. What were they doing? Maybe we'll find out in season two. Um, hmm. Roll credits. Season two. Okay. All um, right. That's and- that's season okay. one of the of Young Justice. In your notes here, I read ahead a little bit, and you have in like one line, like you're talking about like the season of sexual tension kiss, and the next time you're like, "All is well except Batman and Robin." I read that it's Batman and Robin kiss. <laughs> <laughs> that was really Not funny. the payoff anyway. you were expecting. Um, no. Could have could have been any Robin. Who knows? Could have been could have been yeah. any Robin. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's season one. Um, like I told said, Matt, very Agents of Shieldy. Very sure is. Um, you know, we get lots of good comic booky, dumb sci-fi and comic booky, dumb magic and, and all the good, it's, it's, it's very good, dumb comic book stuff. And a lot of, a lot of sexual tension too. And there is, there is a non-zero amount of sexual tension. Um, seasons two through four all involve a time skip. There is a time skip between seasons one and two, two and three and three and four, um season two season one to two i think is a couple year i think they're all a couple years or like five years at the most but um season two is a is a couple year time skip robin becomes night nightwing um in the gap um you know some team members leave some team members join um but season two we learn that um what the justice league was doing when they were gone for an unaccounted 16 hours was war crimes they were doing like (laughs) yeah vandal savage sent them off to like go do a planet-wide genocide basically and the remaining members of that genocide the people who survived that genocide spent the two years we haven't been watching young justice um preparing their retaliation so that's the entire plot of season two is that this alien invasion it, mm-hmm. season two is gotcha. called justice young justice invasion um so this alien force is coming to earth to um get revenge on earth for sending its finest warriors out to yeah. genocide them yeah um we get um we have like uh where where am i here we get some new so some new members in season two include Beast Boy, who um was a character fun. Yeah. It's fun, but it's a it's the way they do that is um they introduce the character in season one as a like non-powered like kid of someone they helped, um, who gets injured in an attack, and the only way to save them is getting a blood transfusion from Miss Martian. Because she can like change oh, her blood okay. to yeah, match his blood type, sure. and then he gets the Beast Boy powers because she can shape shift, and now he can shape shift, but different. Um, we get uh, Blue Beetle, who is connected to this alien race that is coming to attack us. Um, we mm-hmm. we learn that that's kind of the driving plot of the the team's involvement is Blue Beetle joins the team, and then they learn like how he is connected to this alien race throughout it. And then the twist at the end is that the race sent blue beetle ahead to like do recon and, and beam back information to the 
to the home planet so they know how to attack. Uh, we get a new Robin, Tim Drake this time. Mm-hmm. Um, and we get uh, we get other new... We get a Batgirl. We get Bumblebee. Um, Lagoon Boy, who is Lagoon like... Lagoon Boy! <laughs> who is like wow. a list sidekick of Aquaman comes in. Oh, um, we get Wonder Girl... And a new a new speedster by the name of Impulse, who is uh, like comes from the future and is a future descendant of Barry Allen, and hey, that's did you how guys he's know a speedster. The Flash messes with timelines. Did you guys yeah. know that? <laughs> we start dabbling in I, that timeline stuff. I don't like Flash lore. I legitimately <laughs> do not like Flash it's, lore. It's all held together with bubble gum and popsicle <laughs> and, sticks. And, and the speed is. force. And the speed force. Um, it's it's that meme where the water is rushing out of the tank and they they yeah. slap the the tape yeah. on it. And right, just says the, speed force. It's yeah. This, oh, okay. Uh, so also, also so this season this... two is a fi- season two is a five year time jump from season oh, one. Okay, sorry. Whoever whoever this Aqua Lad stand in is uh, looks like Lagoon a Murloc. Boy. Yeah, Lagoon Boy looks like a Murloc from yes. Warcraft. Yes. <laughs> um. So it, that's that's the gist of season two. Alien invasion have to fight off the the Kree more or less. Um, what you yeah. know, the DC universe's version of the Kree are coming, um, and then we, and that's then we. Um, hold on, let me look here. Make sure I'm not missing anything. Oh, also, Dark Side is involved um, because also yeah, Dark Side. You can't ignore dark side because you can't mm-hmm. can't go two years into a just into a DC property without bringing dark side in. Well, and um, if they were if they were really trying to like get people to this, yeah, yeah, right? that's the big yeah. dark side is always the big like go to mm-hmm. like trying to get people. Um, so season two ends. We jump ahead two more years to um, season three, which is called Outsiders. I this is the one the I have not watched seasons three or four. I am I'm only going off of plot summaries that I have read. Um, Outsiders deals with um, a similar plot line to the boys. It seems where they are dealing, mm. um, they are dealing the ability to give people superpowers as like um, an analogy for like drug trafficking. So that's kind of the main plot line here. We get into more, um, more like fake geopolitics with these these cold war fictional stand-in countries um have like have royal battles for royalty and and the crown it within these countries um we have new heroes like geoforce who i don't know a ton about but seems to be from one of these fictional countries um we br- they bring in terra which uh fans of Teen Titans Teen might Titans. recognize. Uh, she yeah, comes most back. Heartbreaking love story of Teen That's Titans. Right. That's right. Yes. Um, voiced again by Tara Strong as she was in Teen Titans. The, so that's oh, cool. that's oh, a that's cool fun. connection. Um, um, the the DC version of the Eternals shows up. Um, they are the new. They are um, the new gods, right? The new gods. Yes. Desident. Desident. Denizens. Denizens, thank you, of the planet New Genesis. Um, they're involved as well. I think that is how the ability to like give out or transfer these superpowers come in. Um, so it's 
again, kind of Agents of Shieldy with Terragenesis and kind of the boys with the V compound and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, that's season three. Everyone's older. Images I images I mm-hmm. saw of it had Aqualad um, with a beard now to show oh, you that no. time had passed. Oh, yeah. neat. Um, and in my synopsis, I saw somewhere he um, Aquaman leaves in a like Thor. I'm over this uh, type of thing. So Aqualad is now king of Atlantis. By this ah. point in these seven years, he becomes oh, king of Atlantis. It's not a great beard. <laughs> yeah, it isn't great. Uh, Todd, you want to drop that beard, that beard yeah, into into the it. show notes? It's not a good beard. Um, also, uh, part of Aqualad's whole shtick is that I think it's discovered or revealed that uh, he his father is Black Manta or Manta yes. Ray. Yes, that comes um, up in season two. That's a whole point where he yeah. he like abandons the team for a while to to go join his dad in crime. Yeah. But then doing it's revealed that he's doing a he's doing a double agent thing and uh, and turns yes. on his dad last minute. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's a whole thing. Um, and then we go to season four, which let me look here. Doesn't seem to have another time skip seems to follow closely after season three um opens with miss martian and superboy preparing for their wedding on mars when um phantom zone shenanigans take place people get trapped in the phantom zone and they have to get them out and the phantom zone the phantom zone for those of you who don't know is a concept from superman it's from the superman comics um it's where okay. Superman, it's a a dimension of nothing where Superman sends the villains that mm-hmm. he can't, oh, is, that is he that can't that subdue otherwise. That is trapped in the squares in yep. Superman 2? Yep, okay. that's the Phantom Zone <laughs> in 2. Um, yeah, it's where Super, It's how Superman deals with his, his unstoppable villains since he doesn't mm-hmm. kill people, he banishes them Just to, to them forever. forever. Yes, <laughs> it is worse. absolutely worse. worse. <laughs> I'm not here to make those kind of calls. I'm just here to relay information to you and let you yeah. decide. Mm. Um So yeah, that's Young Justice. What you hey, guys think? That was fun. Yeah, yeah. I there this is one of those where like I said, I watched I think about 4 episodes to prepare for this. I'm gonna keep watching it. Yeah, I'm gonna. It's good. This is I'm... this is a very digestible uh, bit of DC, and mm-hmm. I have found so much of their live action stuff unable to be digested. Un- undigestible. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It is gives, unpalatable. Gives gives Todd a gives Todd a bad feeling in his I tummy. Get a, I get he... a, I get a sad tummy when I when I this, try and digest that. This is a very very good crash course on a lot of dc lore very quickly and like todd said very digestibly it doesn't overwhelm you with too much um outside of like the main characters but it also doesn't try and apologize for any of the sillier bits that are like buried in these characters history either and it 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 owns it all and it makes it work in this universe it also um, scratches the itch that, like I said earlier, I was a big Teen Titans fan. Then when they mm-hmm. changed the animation style, I did not mm-hmm. like it. And this is kind of my way to be like, okay, I can get back to this. Yeah, yeah. 
There's nothing more divisive between millennials and Gen Z than Teen Titans original versus and Teen Titans Go. You yeah. are absolutely right. Mm-hmm. So um, true. And apparently Teen Titans Go also isn't isn't a bad show. It once you can clear mm-hmm. that hurdle of like it is very it's different. It's, it's different. hideous to look at. It's very different. It's animation yeah. is much different and not not enjoyable if you did watch the original Teen Titans, but apparently it is yeah. very. It does the same of like it incorporates actual lore from the comics into its storylines very well. It makes very self-aware jokes about the sillier aspects of comics very well. One one bit I've seen going around online recently is um, they they make fun of um, Jared Leto's Joker yeah, in, a, in Teen Titans Go. Good. Um, it's really good, uh, and they got Mark Hamill to do the voice. Yeah, yeah. Did they really? Mm-hmm. Wow. Unless, unless they just did a really good impression. Um, um, also, run... here I am. Here I am yet again asking you to watch the Harley Quinn show yes. because I think the Harley mm-hmm. Quinn does a lot of the same things that and Kyle just mentioned. I would, like, I would consider the Harley Quinn show a a spiritual successor of Young Justice as well, in that it doesn't apologize for sillier parts of the lore but embraces mm. them instead it is more dialed up and more it's, adult it's, than it this is, is a it is a comedy show first and a comic book yes. show the second yeah yes. for example one of the main characters is kite man yes <laughs> great <laughs> um some other i want to run through some some things hidden in the voice cast um Superboy and and Superman says because they're clones of each other um, is voiced by Nolan North, who you might know as oh. Nathan Drake from the Uncharted series. Oh wow, oh, cool! Um, Nolan North from video games. From video <laughs> games, um, D D Bradley Baker shows up a lot. That's a very um, it's like mm-hmm. he's like Tara Strong in that like if you mm-hmm. throw a throw a dart at a wall of cartoon characters, you'll probably hit a character D B- Bradley Baker is voiced. Yeah. Um, Kevin Michael Richardson shows up in later seasons. Um, he is he is that vo- that black voice actor with the deep black voice that you all know. Another <laughs> like you throw a dart at a wall of, of cartoon characters, you'll you'll recognize something uh, Kevin Michael Richardson has done. Oh, um, no. IMDb isn't working. Oh God. <laughs> Oh man! What well, do we could, do now? Cancel Wait. the whole goddamn podcast. We have nothing else. Um, May May Whitman shows up in season three in season oh, two. I love May Whitman. Yeah, um, she's Wonder Girl when Wonder Girl shows up. Danica McKellar is Miss Martian. I that's a pretty I, big get. Is that I don't I Danica McKellar was the was Winnie in the Wonder Years and she's since oh, like she's okay. published a bunch of books. She's just kind of like in oh, the Oh, like, so that would the, make that would make the, the, the joke about her getting her personality from an old sitcom. Mm, uh that makes that make more sense. Oh yeah, it does. Uh, D Bradley fun. Baker did the voice of Olmec of Legends of the Legends Hidden of the Temple. Yeah, right, cool. That's yeah. I'm, I'm I'm back. Um also, Trey Baker, also from video games, is is on here. He, um, he's these Joel are big names. Last of Us. He's, yeah, this is, yeah, this these is are a, big names. This is a stacked cast of J- actors. Jason Marsden of uh, Disney Channel fame. Is is Bart okay. Allen when Impulse oh, yeah. shows up in season two? 
Um, I, Lacey, I f- Lacey Chabert famously the voice of Megan Family Guy for four episodes yeah. and then also <laughs> in uh, sidekick uh, what's her name Rachel McAdams sidekick in uh, Mean Girls yeah yes I, uh, is Zatanna I, I feel like voice acting when we were younger was not a thing for like bigger names and as we've gotten older I feel as though bigger name actors are now more okay with doing voice acting because I'm guessing it's an easier paycheck to cash in on yeah, I mean, you can, it, uh, sp- like, like in the case of Rob Lowe playing right. um, mm-hmm. Shazam, for yeah. instance, he right. probably recorded all the lines for his two episodes as Shazam in an afternoon, if yeah. that, like, right, um, and then got a nice, got a nice paycheck of mm-hmm. DC Comics Warner Brothers money to take home at the end right. of that two hour recording session um so yeah any uh, other Yuri, another one of my favorite voice actors yuri lowenthal who does the voice of spider-man in the uh ps4 game oh um, yeah he also does like a bunch of anime voices yeah really good. right on he's in here there i mean this is this sorry i could do this all day this is a stacked cast <laughs> yeah, yeah man um, i mean oh go ahead kyle no you you go first well i was just gonna give wrap-up thoughts so you can oh, go okay. ahead I was, I mean, I was just going to say one of the reasons um, critics loved this so much when it aired was because of the, the voice acting specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw more than one thing praising Nolan North for the differences between his Connor Kent and Superman characters specifically. Um, Cause he voices both and like acts against himself more than once but sounds very different um and it's it's very very well done so right on yeah i like that go ahead go ahead with wrap-up stuff matt (laughs) yeah man i have said it a number of times on this podcast and i'll say it again i am not the biggest fan of animation and that continues to be a big hurdle in the content that i consume for things to (laughs) climb over that said, like, I really liked this. I mean, this sounds cool. It sounds, like Todd said, very digestible, which knocks me off of a lot of DC things to begin with. And I don't want to say that this is high on my list, but I could see this being another Neon Genesis Evangelion where, like, one week I've got some time, I watch Young Justice, and then I'm a big old Young Justice stan. So. And they're quick episodes, 20-minute episodes. They're quick 22-minute episodes. However, um, it is that puts season one still at like 10 hours of viewing by the end of it. It's 26 episodes. Um, but like Todd said, they go quick. Um, you can churn through three of them in an hour and... Um, yeah, they're very, they're very digestible. They're very fun. They all have a 8.5 or higher on IMDb currently. I, I rec- cannot recommend at least watching season one of the show and seeing how you like it, um, mm-hmm. enough. I would definitely recommend that. Yeah. Um, right on. I'll, I would consider watching this before I watch the Mandalorian. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I'll watch the Mandalorian mad. when you play Chrono Trigger. And I said I'll play it when it's on Switch. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, well it looks <laughs> on, that, we on that note. Um, 
Thank you all for listening to Debate This. You can follow along with the arguments on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at DebateThisCast or on our website at DebateThisCast.com. And we have been doing something special on our Patreon this summer. For the last few months, we have been releasing pilot episodes of new Patreon show formats in what we are calling the Summer O Pilots. Um, if you didn't listen to the clip show we released to the D, the, the, blah, 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 blah. if you didn't listen to the clip show re released to the the debate this main feed last week, be sure to check that out. Thank you, Matt, for putting in all that great effort on yes, the clip you. show. Um, it came out very good. Um, our last pilot goes live at the end of this month, and it will then be time for our patrons to decide which pilot will be renewed as our next official Patreon show following the conclusion of our current run of uh, Forbagorf and the Office Drones. If you've got an opinion or want to hear these shows in full, um, enlist in hashtag ButtthwompNation at Patreon.com slash DebateThisCast. Until next time, I'm Kyle Harper. I'm Matt. Get continued education and physical education. Call that a sports master. Cole. <laughs> I'm Todd. As a child, I would eat broccoli on the side of the road. They called me vegetarian, the ditch boy, Thomas. <laughs> and, and I'm Andrew. No one cared about me until I put on the helmet of fate, Henderson. And we're saying thanks for debating with us. And if you think we're wrong, you can come fight us behind the swing sets, nerds. All my love for vegetarian ditch boy. That was incredible. <laughs>